Hello and welcome to Tokyo Inklings. This is episode 11. My name is CY. You can find me at tokyostationpens.com or on Instagram at tokyostationpens. And my name is Jacob, and I am a Fudo fan on Instagram and on Twitter as well. And I have a blog at fudofan.com. Well, you know, it's always great to talk to you, Jacob. And、uh, we've started our Twitter accounts because, as we've mentioned in the past,、um, Japanese Twitter sphere is actually where the, the pen community is at, at least the hardcore、mm. pen community.、Um, So, we, we, we've started that. I know you're doing both Japanese and English posts, and I'm just doing mostly English. But,、uh, but do check that out.、Um, this is episode 11, and we don't have so much,、um, let's say, breaking news as we did in the past few weeks. But we do have,、uh, we do have a lot to talk about,、um, especially in terms of、uh, acquisitions as well. So, let's get right into it. Uh, Jacob, any new things that you got recently? Yeah, so I got a,、uh, I got a pen back from,、uh, from Bokumondo, from uh, uh, Hiroko. So I think a few episodes back, I talked about how I got this new Pilot Custom 743, which, of course, being a Pilot Custom, has this, this you know, black pen with、uh, gold trims, this、mm. classic you know, styling. And I love the pen,、um, but I wanted to spice it up a little bit.、Mm. But this time, I wanted an Urushi design that sort of stayed true to the original aesthetic,、mm-hmm. the black and gold aesthetic, if that makes sense. So, no, no crazy colors or、sure. rodden or anything like that. So, that was my I- idea. And I told、uh, Hiroko about that. So, I, I said,、uh, could you do sort of a dark textured Ishime type finish, but maybe sprinkle a little bit of gold dust?、Sure. Would that work? And as usual, she took my input as more of a guideline than a strict spec. And we talked about this before, but we are, we're like a small pen group here in Tokyo, and she feels more confident. Doing sort of experimental designs with our pens because, in theory, if it wants, if we are not happy with a design, she could easily just take it back and and tweak it without sending the pen, you know, across the planet. That's the theory, right? In practice, <laughs> that has never happened, right? We we were always happy with whatever、mm. she's doing. So,、uh, but anyway, she took,、uh, she listened to what I said, and then she had some ideas of her own. So. Some time later, she contacted me and said, Yeah, your pen is almost ready,、mm. and I have used a lot, a lot of gold powder.、Mm. Okay, I'm intrigued. Why, why, what, happened? <laughs> what happened here? What did you do? So she sent me photos, and first of all, the cap has this dark Ishime textured finish,、um, as we, we discussed. Yeah, and then black, she used.、Right? Yeah, it, it looks, it looks, it、okay. looks great on, on the cap. But then on top of that, she did、uh, use two kinds of gold dust. So there's this, I think it's called like、uh, Hiramefun. It's meant to, be, meant to be like a r- round. So, so、right. first a, a fine layer of gold dust and then some bigger pieces、uh, sprinkled across the cap. Right.、Uh, but then on the barrel, she did just transparent Urushi and then it was very nice. Gradient of gold mm-hmm. dust. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, it's not <laughs> what I had in mind, but it's much better and I'm super happy with this. And you've seen it, right? Well, I haven't seen it in person, which I'm dying to do. But after you sent me these pictures, I knew that this is something that I needed to, to have with a, a little bit of um, of uh, alterations from yours. But um, I sent her a message saying, hey, uh, so I have an 823. Um, can I do the same thing? So, so I asked her some questions about the pen, and um, first I asked her if the the body was done with black kurushi, which she said yes. Um, but then I asked her uh, further. I said, "Can you do this with transparent kurushi, which is actually brown?" Um, and she said, "Oh, actually, what I used was transparent kurushi, but because the base of the pen was black, mm. so it looks black." Yeah, that's a great you know, base of my eight to three is transparent. So, you know, hoping to preserve a little bit of transparency. I don't really need it to be like demonstrator, but uh, do want it to be able to show me the ink levels. I think that would be very cool. Yeah. And then um, on the cap, same as yours. And then the the knob, uh, I want it to be Ishime. So so very similar to what you have with a slight modification and she said okay and she said that uh that kind of a design would usually run about 450 to 500 us dollars right yeah so that's really really uh cool honestly i think this is probably her best work yet um yeah you know it's amazing so everybody should go check it out um jacob has a photo of it on instagram which we'll link to the show notes but this pen is just incredible it's it's interesting how much can be done with black and gold yes exactly right and um we've had these conversations in, in you know in private uh off off the podcast but you've also been turning to more um let's say traditional old school type of pens and uh you don't have a lot of these um colorful acrylics that that's uh really popular with i think the younger hunter pen crowd <laughs> yeah that's true that's true yeah. I, have a, I have a lot of black pens with gold trims that's for sure right and also um you know blue and i guess that that gets into our our next segment mm. uh not not next the next pen which is uh, your president pen yeah, so that's that's the next uh, one I got. So th- this is an an auction find or a Mercury find. So I I, I spotted this platinum president, a, a blue one for a just a fantastic price, and I was curious about this model, so I I decided to to buy this one. The platinum president ha- has kind of a weird place in platinum's lineup, right? Because in theory, it's above the three seven seven six. Right. So so the the base. The base model of the 3776 is cheaper than the precedent, right? But then all of these special editions, and most of the special editions nowadays are more expensive than the precedent, right? So the precedent is sitting like somewhere in the middle and it hasn't really seen many updates. It doesn't get much attention from platinum things. So for example, there's no slip and seal cap 
and they mm. rarely ever do any kind of special editions. So Wag- Wagner did one, you know, was it last year? But other than that, you'd rarely ever see anything, um, any special editions. The only thing you do see are these e- platinum Isimer models. So, so the Isimer models use the same nib as the precedent. But other than that, the precedent feels kind of almost abandoned. Right. Um, so, so, and, and for that reason, you don't really get to, to try them very often. So I was a bit curious about it. So I, I got this pen and I do like it because it's a little bit girthier than the 3776. And I always find the 3776 a little bit too small. To, to, to write comfortably with but this one okay. has just enough girth to be comfortable to write with i think and i absolutely love the nib and this was a bit of a surprise to me because you I, I've, I've heard bad things about this precedent nib that it's very stiff and it's very dry and people have to do various adjustments when they get a new pen i don't know if i got lucky but this one has this the most wonderful pencil feedback and it's just enough you know ink flow uh, for my taste so uh, but you you tried writing with this nib right how would you describe the nib um <laughs> so um i'm not a fan of fmnbs that's why i got into nib grinding in the first place to kind of you know spice things up so you know like some people really get into the difference between like glassy smooth and like mm. feedback. Um, I'm not one of these people. <laughs> so to me, it, it, I, I think, you know, it, it writes well. It writes. Right. Uh, yeah, it, it writes. <laughs> it writes. Yes, we can agree I, on that. I do think, though, that the design on the president's nib is much better than the 3776. Right. And I actually like the base design of the 3776. I think the Mount Fuji design is just perfect. Mm. But I think they then went on and ruined it with this hashtag. (laughs) Yeah, you often mentioned that, the hashtag, yes. It's like Platinum was before their time. They just decided to... You know, I wonder who in Platinum's office was sitting in the office and then they were thinking, they're like, hmm, you know what? Let's give it a hashtag. And it wasn't called the hashtag back then, right? It was called the pound. Right. Yeah, so, okay, let's give it a pound. Pound 3776. You know, that's a, that's a design that that baffles me because it almost serves no purpose. It's not aesthetically pleasing mm. or whatever, so I don't know. Um, yeah, uh, I think the President Nib has a better design. Uh, it's an 18K, though, so it means less modifications on it mm. uh, from my side, as in, like, you know, I can't make it, like, flexy or whatever. But but it's it's quite a solid pen. I, I would say that the, the pen, you, you m- remarked to me that it has a really nice uh, feedback. Yeah. And uh, I agree. It's it's smooth and feedbacky at the same time. That's that that's nice. Yeah, for me, what I really like is consistent feedback. So what I don't like is you know you write in one direction it's smooth and and in one direction you, there's feedback. I mean that that is like a bad IPG nib, right? 
what I think is difficult to do well, and what, but what I really like is this consistent feedback. Yeah, but then I have to ask you a question then, because um, for a lot of Naginatas, uh, especially when you get to the finer yeah. points, there is a certain architect-like feedback that exists on the side strokes and less so on the uh, on the downstrokes. I usually hold the Naginata as sort of an, an angle. Maybe it's because of the way I'm holding it, but I feel it's sort of a consistent feedback from that okay. particular angle. Okay. Yep, that's fair. And then, uh, and then you have uh, you have something that just came in last night. Yes, and this is something you helped me find. So yeah, I've talked in previous episodes about uh, how Sailor did soft nibs with an S. SM for soft, medium, and so on. And I'm not sure exactly when they did that. I've heard it is sort of around, you know, the 80s, sort of. And uh, every once in a while, you do find these soft nibs on the second-hand markets here. Um, I get the impression they're not very sought after in Japan. They don't usually go very high. I think people overseas tend to be more excited about these soft nibs. So, so this one was very cheap, and, and again, you were the one who pointed it out. But it was also very hard to tell from that listing. So this was on Mercari, and I think there were like six or seven photos in total. Mm. But all of them were so blurry, it was hard to even tell it was a pen to begin with. Right. Let alone see what kind of nib it was. But then there was this long comment thread where someone in the middle pointed out that this is an S, or the seller said this is an SB nib. Right. So I had had to go on that. So it arrived. Um, it arrived yesterday, and as usual with these old Sailor Profit pens, there's a little bit of a rust, usually or mostly on the um, uh, on the clip. But right. other than that, it's in it's in good condition, and the nib is in perfect condition. But also as usual with these S nibs, it's stiff as a nail. Mm. It's a very nice writer. Again, we keep talking about this pencil feedback. This pen also has this pencil feedback. It's a pleasant writer. I love it. I only buy these S names because the, the sort of the, the, the novelty factor rather than because they write any different. Because it writes right. exactly like a hard, hard broad nib, I would say. But it's a nice writer. Yeah, so um I think these S nibs are kind of rare. Uh, you don't see them every day on the market. Right. Um, but as you say, uh, this nib in particular was, was just so affordable. I think it was that affordable in part because um, the the photos were just rubbish. Yes. So nobody could tell you. You know, um, that it was an SB was not even on the photos. Uh, somebody in the comments had to ask them yeah. what nib it was. So if you don't scroll down to the comments, like I sent you the link and then I didn't say anything. Just to see if you would, mm. you know, find out, and you kind of said back to me, "What's what about it?" And then I said, "Oh, it's an SB nib." And then I think that piqued your interest. But just looking at the photos, that they're terrible. Uh, you don't know what they are. So I think uh, you got a really, really good price on yeah. that. And then the other thing is that because it's a smaller nib, smaller size nib. So maybe that's why the prices were not so high because I find that I can find those small nibs for uh, quite a reasonable price, even like mm. say the zooms and stuff like that. Yeah. So when the last time I went to a Nagahara clinic, um, I asked him 
what's a nib that you've always wanted to make but haven't? Mm. And he said to me, he said, I've always wanted to make a flex nib. That's very curious because he told me that he, I mean, he would refuse any requests to do flex modifications. Yes. So I think, um, I think he was talking to you in his second one at Bunkbox Mm. where I talked to him in the first. Right. He said he wanted, he had wanted to do flex nibs at Sailor, but Sailor didn't want to invest. Mm. So he had actually made some prototype uh, flex nibs and they actually sold them on, on Sailor Pens. He said at uh, one of the Marzen, um anniversary models was uh, a flex nib that he had tried to make. And mm. they did sell some soft uh, and flexy nibs uh, that he had made, but um, but that they were not, uh, let's say, very successful. Mm. Not in terms of commerciality, but that they didn't flex very well. So he was not happy with them. Um, I don't know if Nagaha was... He probably already was, right? In uh, working at Sailor when these soft nibs uh, were made. So he must have been in his 20s, his early 20s um, back then. Maybe uh, he doesn't make flex nibs. I don't know. He told me that it takes a lot of... um, handwork because Mm. there's no equipment available uh from sailor so he had to do everything by hand he had to uh he had to hammer the gold by hand and stuff like that so it Mm. it took a very very long time but um but yeah it's it's interesting that sailor uh had never had the understanding to make uh to make softer nibs and now nagahara is is not willing to so which puts really pilot at the only makers of soft uh, like truly soft nibs because the platinums soft medium and soft fine are uh, they're not soft <laughs> yeah let's say they're they're, they're similar to this uh, soft uh, soft nib from from sailor right yeah <laughs> but i have noticed that I, when i went to some stores and i tried the soft fine they're significantly softer because they were abused by by people who didn't know how to use fountain pens mm. so um so yeah uh, maybe there's some potential there so uh, on my side i had some uh, interesting acquisitions as well uh the latest nagasawa um limited edition uh, realos came in and this is uh their chaska edition now chaska is uh is part of their their limited edition and with uh nagasawa we often talk about nagasawa kobe mm. uh, which is the main store since uh, 1882 but uh, Nagasawa actually has several different branches, and one of the branches they have is in Umeda. And uh, this uh, Nagasawa Umeda, uh, Umeda, sorry, is in Osaka. So they have their own limited editions. So not just uh, not just the Nagasawa edition, but there's a limited edition for the store. Right. So you can't even buy this at other Nagasawa um, shops. So, uh, so this one is called the Chaska, and it's a, it's limited edition to um, Nagasawa Umeda store. It's they call it this blue silver, but it's really this like um, muted kind of pastel-ish blue, but uh, but with a hint of gray in it. 
Yeah, to, to me it looks mostly gray in the photos. Yeah, but it, it's more blue in real mm. life. But yeah, it's definitely very gray. With uh, with rhodium trims, uh, metal section, and the iconic um, cock nib uh, that oh, Nagasawa yes. has. So um, I got two of these in, and they're both accounted for already. So so these are, are very popular. They actually sold out on the day of release within several hours. Yeah, I, I saw that too. And that surprised me a bit, given that the pen looked kind of understated compared to many other store-exclusive pens. I mean, it doesn't, mm. you know, there, there's not much, you know, glitter, for example. There's certainly not much uh, glitter, glimmer, and uh, and flashbangs and stuff like that. But this pen is very elegant. I think this uh, this color of the blue mm. uh, was very, very, very popular. I actually had this blue and instantly my DMs blew up saying, can you get this for me? Blah, 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 blah. So, um, you know, the the limited edition Riellos are always, um, you know, they're always knockouts. So the Chaska Blue, uh, I think the color was a, a huge attraction mm. um, for a lot of people. So I've got two in and uh, I've got something special uh, planned for the nibs. So stay tuned. I'll probably talk about it in a later episode of the podcast um, once I'm done with them. But this pen is really, really beautiful. And uh, fortunately, I've heard um, that these limited edition Riellos will probably survive uh, the plus acquisition, at least for now. So so that's always nice to, to hear that there's no change and that we'll continue getting at mm. least uh, some of these limited edition pens. Um, then on top of that, I've been, uh, I, I got another, um, Pentanoto, uh, Rialo, uh, Shimahono Akari, the one that we, we talked about extensively in a few episodes ago. Yes. And, um, several weeks ago, or maybe it was months ago, I don't know, COVID is, is, uh, you know, throwing a wrench in my sense of time, but, um, Inky Cat writes from Instagram, mm. she, uh, um, she saw this pen. She said, "Hey, uh, can you buy it for me? Um, and uh, let's make a naginata out of it." So I bought it, and it was a Sailor MS. It was an old style Sailor MS uh, with fourteen uh, K. Yeah, that can be a challenge then. Yeah, and so um, you know the 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 new style MSs have uh, quite a bit of tipping, mm. but the old style MSs apparently are basically they're actually basically just italic nibs they're super sharp um not a lot of tipping quite flat and so i got the pen in and i said you know this isn't going to work because there's not enough tipping here and so then she and so so i said you know what why don't we do something different uh why don't i make a monoline nib out of this so so i made uh, a monoline nib by Bending the tip upwards, which was very, very difficult because the 14K nibs were hard as nails. So I did that. I sent it to her and she posted on her stories. But um, but when people saw that, I got more requests about this nib. And so somebody wanted me to, to make this nib, uh, but they asked if I could do it on a modern sailor. Mm. So I said, sure, let's try it. 
So um, I got the pen in, I got it in the music nib. And this time, uh, what I did was not just bend it up and, and shape it from there. Before I bent it up, I ground the tines down, but not uh, not from the tipping as you normally would, but starting from just below where the tipping connects to the to the gold, I started grinding it down so that it would have a much more distinctive round circular shape. And then I bent it back up. So I have a I have a post on Instagram that you can check out um, the the roundness of the of the tipping and how I've tried to slightly um, grind down the 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 tines mm. uh, so that where it connects it's actually rather thin and 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 small, and then the tipping kind of uh, goes back outwards um, into a circular shape. So that was a very cool experiment, and I've got more uh, more texts about this. So I think this will be be popular. But so this is interesting because your your approach to these monoline nibs is different from some others. So I think you also saw that fountain pen memes on Instagram. He did a post recently about some old uh, pelican yep. nibs for monoline, and those nibs were basically just a big blob of iridium, iridium with one flat side, almost almost like like a pilot coarse nib, yep. which is a different way of achieving monoline, I guess. Yep, yep. So um, the thing is, uh, this uh, I actually was talking to to fountain pen memes mm. about this, um, and we were talking about uh, monoline nibs, and he had seen mine, and he he talked to me about his his lettering nibs. So mm. uh, so we had a conversation, and I wanted to see how Pelican was doing theirs. So. Um, so that's why he posted that because he usually doesn't post like uh, pen pictures, right? Right. Yeah, I think that's another very very interesting way to do monolines, and um, the the challenge is to get a tipping that size, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, but he said that his monoline is very very sharp. Ah, I can imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that the way that they do it is probably easier to do. Um, because you just grind a flat edge down, but um, but yeah, I think that's super super cool. Um, but you know, I prefer gold nibs because me being the gold nib snob that I am, right? Uh, but yeah, uh, these are two ways to do the monoline nibs, and uh, I think uh, the one that he posted is a more traditional way, but mine resembles a dip nib. But so for for your flavor of these monoline nibs, what what is the ideal nib to start with? Is that music or would a stub work well too? Um, so you have these untipped, like one point one stubs from, uh, from Joe, right? So I think mm. those would work as well. Uh, I think anything with a big flat surface. So obviously you can't use like fine nibs. Medium nibs, broad nibs, you know, those don't work. But if you have a zoom nib, a C nib, um, a music, uh, a sailor music nib, which is basically mm. a C nib, you know, I find that those would work really well um, to do the upward bent uh, Mikazuki 
style nib. And for the lettering style, you know, they would work as well. The thing with a zoom nib is then you, I would have to round the nib. And, so uh, what about the music nib with two tines? Would that cause any problems? You mean three tines? Yeah, three tines, yeah. Um, a music nib with three tines would theoretically work. It's just that I have never done it right. yet. Maybe I should. I got a new um, I got a new seven four two in to make a a sign nib. So now nah, I'm gonna make the 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 flex nib. I think those are much more popular. Makes sense. All right. You have done some uh, ink mixing recently, right? Yeah. So so I'm going to release a line of inks. I've already got um the first five. Uh, no, now four, four colors down. And then I have a fifth special color that isn't part of the line. And I've got the bottles ready. I've got the caps ready. You know, we spent a whole night um, putting the inner uh, caps. So, you know, when you open the cap, there's this kind of styrofoam thing that pr- tries to prevent the leaks. So I, mm. we spent an entire night trying to install those. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I've been ink mixing uh, and testing uh, different types of inks, mostly on Tomoe River. I'm very happy with uh, with what I have right now. So, so far I have a purple. They're all desaturated inks for now. Um, got a purple uh, ink with a shimmer called Setsna. I've got a blue, a shading light blue ink called Kibo. Um, this color shifting ink, kind of greenish ink, which I call Shuzen. And then I have a red one called uh called kizna and then mm. the last special ink um which i haven't I, i'm hesitating to to put out yet because the uh so i have a formula that creates these inks but um that formula is a bit expensive right now so i'm trying to see if i can get different ways to create the same effect but basically it's um it's a green ink that dries pink and so in large swabs or in pilot parallels, uh, what this will do is it will have green halo or the, where the, shape, the the borders kind of become green, but the text itself is pink. Mm. Um, but in regular fine medium or whatever, they kind of just look like a very, very light green. So I wouldn't suggest that ink in a, in a dry nib because uh, it will be very difficult to read, or I wouldn't suggest in, in a smaller nib size. What interests me is that my... Uh, and then a few days later, I saw this um, 19... Uh, Sailor... Uh, Sailor.1911, so Sailor's Instagram account. They made uh, three new inks, uh, which we'll talk about later. But one of the inks, uh, 280. So my ink on Tomoe River looks very very similar to what their ink looks like their 280 ink looks like on yupo paper oh that's interesting yeah except mine can make this effect on regular tomoe river well we don't know at least from the press photos i guess this is we'll talk about that later but we don't know from the press photos what what, what these new inks do look like on uh, tomoe river right no, so uh, so we'll find out mm. um, on August twenty second. But yeah, we'll talk about that yeah. later. But yeah, so um, 
you know that's uh, that's coming out. So if you're interested in some of these inks, uh, you know, look out uh, for for my posts on Instagram. I will release these very very soon within hopefully within August. Um, I've been talking to to some people, um, you know, potentially getting them on Shigure inks. So that will be very very interesting. Um, and yeah, uh, I'm looking very forward to it. This this series is all about shading inks, uh, sh- uh, desaturated uh, inks, and uh, yeah, it will be it will be cool. Which uh, we talked about this a little bit um, offline, but it mm. it seems more like the kind of inks that are popular in Japan than the ones that are popular, you know, in the West. Yeah, so you have like companies like Daimai who make really saturated inks. Uh, mm. Jeroboam obviously make really saturated inks. People are all about like the the sheening, blah 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 blah. Yeah. Um, but I found that um sheen. I, I I've gone through this the sheen phase too, but um, it's how should I say this? It almost hides the property of the ink yeah. rather than shows it. So. I'm kind of over my sheening phase, although I did uh, recently get a, uh, a bottle of Purple Rain, so Diamond Purple Rain, which is a super sheener. Right. Um, I think that shading... Sheading almost makes it harder to read, I think, whereas shading and halo makes it easier to read. Hmm. Yeah. So so that's that. Um, but yeah, hopefully uh, these will sell, I, I hope. Um but yeah, if you're interested, uh, you know, the the bottles will be up hopefully on my website within August. Okay. And then I've also been uh, been playing with my new plating kit. So I, I mentioned a few few episodes ago that I got in a plating kit for my birthday. Right. Did I mention that? Okay. Yeah. Well, I got a plating kit that I got myself for my birthday, and um, and mainly I wanted to plate my gold pens into rhodium right but i've also bought a bunch of other uh materials so i have this uh this mold block in my hands right now which uh once upon a time belonged to you jacob but um i've been experimenting with black nickel plating which uh unlike the ion plating that sailor does it gives a more matte ish color Mm. so i i have plated now here a Mont Blanc um, at 146 into mm. a matte color black which I think looks pretty cool I've also plated um, the custom 74 that is with you right now yes what do you think about uh, this uh, this plating you gave me both um, both the black nickel plating and the rose gold right personally I prefer the rose gold plating because that, that's just more your aesthetic. Yes, my aesthetic. Um, I think the uh, the black ones can look a little bit sort of burned. Yeah, yeah. So the black nickel plating I've noticed also has uh, makes this patina, mm. so it doesn't stay uh, the same shade mm. uh, throughout time. So there, it's not a uniform black. I think that actually gives it a bit of character. Mm. But um, yeah, I agree with you. This black nickel plating is actually. Uh, much more challenging. I think the mm. easiest is actually rhodium, probably because it's the most stable. Um, and then this uh, pink gold, this rose gold plating, 
Um, I, I've done on yours. I've done it on a formula of 75% gold, 25% brass. But mm. I think I need to up the percentage of gold because it still looks quite dull. So um, I'll, I'll up the percentage of gold in my, my formulation to make it a more rose gold. Sounds good. And right now the, the nibs that I got from you are now soaking in uh, some Kiboho iron gold ink. I want to see nice. how well they hold up to iron gold. But that's quite a, that's quite a, we would call it in Japanese a yasashi. It's a, it's a soft, it's not so harsh on your, your pens, right? That, that ink. Well, I know that platinum's own iron gold inks are, are, are very gentle because I've had, um, I did an experiment before when I took two very cheap uh, IPG nibs, steel nibs. Right. And let them soak in platinum lavender black, which is an iron gold ink. I let them soak for five months, and right. I couldn't tell. There's no vis- visible like damage right. to them. I think that kiboho is a little bit more potent. Rough, yeah. Um, certainly smells different. Um, so I, I, I want, I want to see what happens. So I, I'm gonna let it soak for for uh, first a week now and see what happens, and then we will do a few checkpoints and see right. how it develops. So speaking of kiboho, I actually did my own experiment on kiboho. So I, I, um, I did my, one of my swatches on kiboho, and then a few months later, uh, I ran it under a tap, mm. uh, a faucet. And uh, I can attest that the ink is a true blue-black. Um, and when I washed the paper, the Tomoe River, um, all the blue washed off. Mm. And now it's a, a dark kind of... You know those picture filters where you can choose like black and white? Kind of looks like one of those black and white photos. Right. And it's very, very cool. Um, yeah, something interesting that not all of our uh, our listeners may know is that actually blue ink is considered erasable ink because uh, they're not waterproof at all. But um, because lots of people wanted to uh, have blue, this this blue color rather than just a black color, so that's why they added they invented blue black. Mm. And um, so the blue color is vibrant when you first write with it, but then by adding um, these uh, iron components. Uh, to to the ink, they then oxidize to become black. So that's where blue black comes from. Yeah, yeah. So he's really recreated a true blue black, and uh, and that's very cool. Maybe I should make some iron gullings. I think also that is an unusually saturated blue black. It's very vibrant at first. It kind of sheens too, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, plating pens. That's been really really fun. Um. But yeah, that's uh, that's been us. So, so uh, just one more thing about yeah. uh, plating. So, uh, in a few episodes back on the Pen Edit podcast, they were talking about some US exclusive um, sailor pen. I think it was that four AM pen, whatever it's called. And they mm. were talking about why the nib. I think the nib was not plated, and I think um, Brad Dowdy had been told or heard that. It, it's, it's expensive it, yeah that, that sailors charges or sailors own cost or whatever charging is an additional fifty dollars for ruthenium plating right um but, but so, so that's s- different from what you're doing so you, you said you're doing black 
nickel plating. So do you know anything about ruthenium plating and why that yes. might potentially be more expensive? Yes. I know that it's not ruthenium plating mm. that they're doing. They're doing something called black ion plating. At least that's what it is in their Japanese literature. They call oh, it really? okay. um, black ion plating. Now the ion plating process itself is is different because um, it's... They, I'm reading Wikipedia and it says iron plating is a physical vapor disposition process. Uh, and it's a version of vacuum disposition. So I have no idea what this means, but it says here, iron plating uses concurrent or periodic bombardment of the substrate and deposit film, deposits film by atomic sized energetic particles. And so that sounds really, uh, you know, intense. Um, let me, let me see. Yeah, so it's mostly evaporation and, and vaporizing. So I, I would imagine that because uh, they're using some gases mm. to do this, uh, this iron plating, and it has to be done in like a vacuum, uh, and it, it has to you know separate the ions on like like a molecular level. I don't mm. really know. Um, it probably takes longer, um, and is probably more expensive. Mm. Whereas uh, my plating setup right now is very, very simplistic. I have this, uh, I have this plating thing, this this plating gun. It's hooked up to a nine volt battery, and then I have uh, an alligator clip on the other side. I clip the alligator clip to a metal, and then I brush it with a this felt um, surface that's mm. in my uh, that's in my plating right. um, pen. So so that's it. So I think you know that ion plating is just just more expensive i think right okay makes sense yeah um but yeah uh what they do is is not the same as uh as the kind of regular plating that that i'm done okay yeah but it also means that their plating is more even Mm. yeah so so that's why all right uh getting into some news uh we we talked about this um, Amabie guy a few episodes back. Yeah, so this was back in episode 6. Uh, we talked about how Kawasaki Bunguten had released an Amabie-themed ink. And we, we explained more about the story about Amabie back then. But in short, this is a, a yokai spirit from Japanese folklore. And there's this tale about how this yokai spirit is going to cure people of diseases if you draw a picture of this Amabie and show show it to them. And for that reason, Amabie has just exploded in popularity in Japan now because of the pandemic. So you see Amabie-themed products everywhere. And now Platinum has just announced, it might be a Japan exclusive, I'm not sure, but they announced, I think, three different... Platinum Placish, or however you pronounce that model, with an Amabie illustration um, on the cap. Yeah, so there, there's uh, there's um, three in color, and then mm. there's one black one. Um, so four different variations. This pen is very ugly. That ties into something that's always interesting with Amabie. So, you know, in Japan... People are rather obsessed with, you know, cute characters for everything, right? But I've never seen anyone making a really cute-looking Amabia. It's hard to make it not look creepy. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I see that Platinum has made an effort here, but not quite succeeded. It looks a bit more creepy than cute. Yeah, I mean, the Amabia itself is kind of ugly. I've just noticed now that um, on Platinum's version, the eye is a nib. Mm, that's a nice touch. Yeah. I can't see this as anything other than a kind of a money grab, honestly. It's it's this, like, fad thing in Japan that's going on. They're like, mm. oh, well, let's slap some Amabia onto the, these pens. I would guess that this might be Japan exclusive. might be hard to explain what this is about elsewhere. Yeah, it doesn't have uh, any information about that, but it mm. it's apparently to support um, the Kumamoto Prefecture because they were affected not just by coronavirus, but also these heavy rains in mm. uh, in July. Right. So uh, the uh, a part of the the profits will go to um, supporting uh, the recovery process for Kumamoto. So that's a good cause for that's, sure. That's very nice. Yeah. Yeah, it might be interesting if these pens weren't so darn ugly. But so one more thing related to Amabia that I just discovered. So Morrison did a post, I think it was yesterday, about these new pens. And, but he also mentioned that he is working on an upcoming Wagner pen. He didn't explain which one it was, but a pen that's going to have an Amabia engraving on the nib. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be an upcoming Wagner pen, maybe a platinum, because usually they do more engravings on their platinum pen. So maybe a 3776 mm. with an, a little Amabia engraving. So that might mm-hmm. be something to look forward to. Yeah, so I'm reading his um, his post right now, and you know, he's kind of just introducing and doing some PR for his friend yeah. Uh, Tomoko. Yeah. But then he's saying that... Uh, the person that suggested this Amabia design is the same person that um, that helped them make the 2020 uh, Wagner pen, which is the beautiful blue pen uh, with a nib with a guy sticking a carrot up his nose. Yeah, the, that um, nib engraving is a bit controversial, perhaps. Yeah, so, so I think people think it's cute when they don't notice, but once they see that, they can't unsee it. Yes, yeah, you, you have ruined that nib for a lot of people. Yeah, maybe I need to do another Instagram story about that, because it's, it's an ugly pen. I mean, it, it, it's a beautiful pen with an right. ugly nib. So, yeah, so, um, you know, if you are a Wagner fan, uh, watch out for these. I can't say that I am, but uh, at least I'm interested in what they do, so I will be looking out for these. And if you if you want a if you want a pen with a with a creepy mermaid on the nib, then this is the pen yes. for you. <laughs> oh, and speaking of which, uh, shameless plug here. I have one more um, BS nib uh, available for sale. If you if you want a BS nib, which is rumored to be very similar to a uh, a sailor specialty nib. Um, you know, you can let me know. I have one more left. It's a BS uh, Broad, so BSB. Um, so for anyone who's interested, uh, just uh, let me know. All right. Um, next up, we had this uh, this YouTube video that was uploaded by um, the the Nib Shaper Office. So 
Yes, so so Nagahara did um, did a YouTube video where he talked about his uh, his specialty nib. So so the what he called it the, the C C level. Yes. He has you know three th- price levels and any on under the C level he has what he calls the Fude point, which is basically you know yes the Fude grind Fude de Mannen. And then he has his Concord, but he cannot call it Concord. He calls it Beak Point. Right. So, so Beak Point is his own Concord. And then, of course, he cannot use the name Na- uh, Naginata either, or maybe he thinks he shouldn't. So he calls that Nagahara Special. Yeah, it's interesting because when he was explaining it on the on the video, um, I don't know who the, the lady is. Maybe it's his daughter. Um, but... He was talking about the Nagahara special and they made a point to say, oh, so this Nagahara special, this is a technique that was inherited from your father, yes. wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, wow. That shade. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if that was what he wanted to have said, but, but then that's pretty obvious then what it is. But yeah. there was another thing about that video that I thought was interesting. So he talked also about his needle points. So he's not doing he's not doing a saibitogi, at least he's not talking about saibitogi, but he's doing more sort of traditional needle points. And he's saying that um, if you want to make a needle point, it's ideal to start with, with a broad nib. Uh, or a music nib and the reason for that is that you have more you have more vertical t- tipping right so you can make a stiffer and more stable nib and i think his idea is that when you're writing with a needle point you probably don't want line variation you want to write with very th- thin strokes well he said that steel nibs are even better yeah exactly exactly yeah so it, it sounds almost ridiculous to, to, to get a music nib and grind it to needle point but but he said that's ideal yeah. Um, so, I I I watched the video um, and I had a bit of chuckles uh, throughout. Um, one of the things that grabbed my attention was um, when he was talking about the Nagahara special, mm. which uh, um, you know is basically just a naginata. Mm. Um, and he talked about why there's an evolution in the naginata grind, mm. and he said that in my father's days, so his father, senior, he said, mm. in my father's days, um, that was a day of the economic bubble. So people were really much more about like showing off. Yeah, so they yes. wanted yeah, as much ink flow as possible. They want the wettest nibs, the biggest uh, grinds mm. um, to show off the property of the, the inks. So that's why... Um, the his father's grinds mm. were more um they say nuranura which is like smooth yeah um they're more silky smooth uh, without as much of the sharpness mm. um to to show more of more ink but as times have changed people more and more are trying to buy these pens to write with for mm. everyday use and that's why um, it's much more important that they be usable uh, with a controlled ink flow. So that's why his nibs have gotten sharper over time. So I noticed that too, and I found that to be interesting because right now, as we know, there's this ongoing Inkunuma boom in Japan. So you, I would have expected 
him to say to mention something about that that people who get special grants are not necessarily get doing it for their everyday writing but to experiment with names but maybe those people are getting their their food and beak grinds yeah i think those people are using dip pens uh yeah food a beak grinds mm. etc for the inkunuma i think the people who get the nagahara special are um let's say i think the 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 pendum is is different here versus the west in that here the inkunuma people are not really pen people. They're more about the inks. They're, mm. they're not so invested in, oh, these are nice, uh, beautiful pens. That's true. Uh, I think the people here who are like interested in having nib grinds mm. uh, are probably more of your uh, Oyaji style, like Mori, um, Fude fan. <laughs> That's possible. That's quite possible. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, but I think the way that grinds, and we've talked about this before, the, the way that grinds are perceived in Japan are, are a bit different. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. And then let's talk about these new Sailor Ink Studio inks. I found it kind of interesting because uh, the whole thing was that they have these this hundred new inks, right? Mm. And now they added three colors. That makes... Ah, okay, okay. So they're removing three colors from uh, from the selection they're removing 531 543 and 864 from the collection and instead they're adding 224 yeah 252 and 280 so what do you think well i think they are i mean looking at their sales number and see that 123 and 162 are doing well and uh, they want more of these chromo shading inks um, but do you think they're chromo shading inks? Uh, that's what it looks like to me. Um, but, but but what is interesting, and I think we talked about that maybe offline, but they're showing off these inks on three different kinds of paper, and it is just right. sort of joystick, which is sort of generic good quality right. paper <laughs> and then there's a and then there is a bank paper and then there is this synthetic Yupo paper yeah so there's no tomoe river so they uh, yeah m- maybe maybe the first one represents your your you know generic n- notebook or techo yeah probably uh, i would uh, assume so um and then they have weird that they they chose Yupo paper to to show. I wonder if that says something about the popularity of uh, Nolrefill because I keep hearing more and more about Nolrefill in Japan. I mean, when even we, yeah. talk, we talked last episode, I think about you know Sailor's uh, ink blender Ishimarsan. Even he knew about Nolrefill and recommended yep. that, and and bong boxes selling it and so on. Maybe this maybe this paper is actually quite popular now, at least among the uh, the the customers that are looking for looking at buying these kinds of inks. Yeah, and um, you know, if you look at the inks that were discontinued, yeah, they're like um, you know, this darker purple. There's this dark green there's dark blue so th- these are the sheening inks that are getting discontinued in favor 
of these shading inks. Mm. So probably yeah, the sales figures, at least in Japan, um, is is talking. But I I'm a Yupo paper hater. I hate Yupo paper. It's not paper. Some nasty plastic stuff. And the worst thing about Yupo paper is that when you write, the ink kind of it doesn't spread, but it writes fatter on the page. Yeah, I mean it definitely looks very different. It looks almost creamy in a unnatural way. Yeah, this is kind of nasty uh, paper. I mean. I'm sure there are lots of people who love it because it shows the ink differently. Mm. For me, it's it's not really a writing. It's not a it's not a writing paper. I think again, going back to you know the last episode when we talked about the Ishimaru-san and what he rec- the paper he recommended this this um, was one of them. Yeah, this echoes what he said, right? Which is that bank paper and uh, nolrefill or a like, paper is. It's or his recommendations if you want ink to look interesting. Um, so. Yeah, so we'll see. These release uh, in I think three weeks on the twenty yeah. second. So so I don't know which one do you like the most. I like two five two on regular like Joost. <laughs> uh, actually, all three of them looks best on boring paper. That's kind of interesting. That's interesting because I think all three of them look the most interesting on the Yupo. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. They look okay on the bank, but I think the Yupo uh, brings out the color separation a lot more. I'm really into color separating inks right now. I think you are more the kind of customer that, that they have in mind. I'm more into dark, muted, waterproof inks. I just ordered from Juice Spirit in, in Taiwan uh, the two new uh, uh, Colorverse um, waterproof inks and one uh, waterproof Lennon Toolbar ink. So I'm not exactly <laughs> the, the, the customer. Yeah, so the problem with these inks is that I don't know what color they will be right. on paper that I use. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Okay, so uh, probably get a bottle of these when it comes out. I'm interested to try the um, 280 just to see how different it is from my own ink. Mm. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then finally, uh, yes, yeah, so I went to, to Boombox uh, the other day and Kaurasan asked me to clarify that in last week's episode we talked about uh, several boombox uh, pens that are going to come out. Um, she asked me to clarify that the Pro Gear Slim will be the tips. How should I say this? It will be the boombox uh, limited edition pen that they will debut at tips. Right. Yeah, so it's going to be exactly the same as the Alice pen last year. But I think that's what we said, right? We we, we liken it to, to the Alice pen. I think that's what we said, but she asked us to clarify that, so... Right. You know, Makes sense. That's what it's going to be. All right, let's go on to some Q&A. So we have some interesting questions. Thank you so much um, for, for writing in. We have a question here uh, from Luna. Luna from Instagram asks, I recently found that Lamy have left-handed nibs available. Mm. What are your opinions on these? This is the only company that I've seen so far that has them. Um, 
And are there any other compatible nib types? As a left-handed person, I'm curious if there's a difference in how they write compared to the standard nibs. Thanks. And then I can't read the rest of, uh, can't see the rest of it. Um, but yeah, what, what do you think? Because you are the left-handed person. Yes, I have tried, I haven't tried the Lamy ones, but I've tried Sailor's left-handed nib. Uh, I think uh, you tried it too. We went to Marzen together and tried this Sailor Lefty uh, pen, as I think they called it. And I think it was okay to write with, but it, but it didn't really do anything for me because even though I'm left-handed, I'm an under-writer, so I don't have a problem with any normal nibs. I didn't feel that this one was particularly, you know, improving the writing in, in any way. I think maybe if you... If you an overwriter, it might be um, more useful. And right. Um, yeah. So I, I've I've tried it and I like uh, I like the idea of it. Um, the The thing is that what I was told by Marzen is that these nibs are uh, made to order, and they're ground slightly at an angle. Mm. Um, and that angle is very, very subtle. I don't see why a rounded nib, being that it's round and will write at any angle, should not be the same. Um, and then on top of that, uh, I think that there are probably more fun grinds Mm. for left-handers. Uh, you know, the Naginata, I know a lot of left-handed people that actually say, um, the Naginata is, is very good for their handwriting because they can write at different angles. Yeah. Um, so, so you and both, uh, you and Paperlate, uh, are both left-handed underwriters. So you, you both swear by the Naginata. Um, I've heard that other left-handers, you know, because, uh, it's not, um, it's not, let's say, hand angle mm. dependent but rather nib to paper angle right uh it gives their uh writing a special character without being invested in a let's say um you know a stub or an architect which is more more for unforgiving yeah i would say so or left hands um so 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 there's that but i also think that um this uh I, I did recently a King of Pen uh, nib kind of touch-up where I had to regrind the King of Pen nib uh, for a left-handed user. And I think that, honestly, as long as the nib is is rounded and uh, you know doesn't have sharp edges, it should be fine. Mm. And I know that... Um, you know, Mike from the Pen Addict is also left-handed, and he says, you know, just the medium nib is just fine. Right, it's great for him. What I have noticed, though, and we've talked about this in previous conversations, is that the Sailor nibs are not round. That's true. They have sort of faceted almost down. Yeah, they have facets on the sides, so um, that's probably why uh, regular uh, Sailor nibs might feel a bit more feedbacky and scratchy. Uh, for for left-handers, mm. uh, I don't know because I'm not left-handed, um, but I, I would imagine that that could be a reason. 
Right? Makes sense. Yep. All right. So thank you very much. Uh, that's the episode. If you would like your questions answered on the podcast, please uh, write to us. Uh, we have a form at tokyoinklings.com. So that's where you'll find all of the show notes for uh, today's episode, as well as all the episodes that we have done in the past. Mm. You can go directly uh, to tokyoinklings.com to find the episode uh, that you would like to listen to or refer back to and included there will be all the show notes uh, with all the links to everything that we have talked about um, you'll also find that there's a comment section so you can comment individually on each episode if there are questions uh, specific to that episode that you would like us to to clarify or to mention or maybe you just have some feedback for us about uh, the way that I sound today. Uh, you can also write that in the comments for each individual episode. Uh, on the website, there is a uh, Q&A um, form that you can fill out. And when you fill out those forms, uh, once you fill out the form, it goes directly into an Excel sheet that we can refer to. So that will be very, very helpful. So really, if you have any questions, I do encourage you to use the the form to ask Um because it helps us make our content more tailored to you and it helps us make it more interesting. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider also giving it a review and a rating on iTunes. Uh, the way that this whole thing works is that um, we give you content, you rate and review us, and that will help the algorithm put it, uh, maybe rank it high on uh, whatever subcategory. So we're in um, hobbies and leisure and it will help other people discover our podcast. And that is always very, very motivating. So we read every single review. We read every single comment. We read every single question. So please send them in. And uh, the more questions we have, the better. The more reviews we have, the better because uh, then we'll have much more material to go off of even in future episodes. So um, thank you very much for for taking your time to listen to us and to uh, consider giving us a review and um, and questions. Uh, that being said, my name is CY. You can find me on uh, tokyostationpens.com or on Instagram at tokyostationpens. And my name is Jacob and I am Fudafan on Instagram and on Twitter and I have a blog at Fudafan. All right, uh, so see you next time. Bye-bye.